Welcome to Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hello, everybody. Again, I'm getting so much wonderful, positive feedback. People appreciate the show, so thank you for sharing that with me. And uh, I am going to start us off, as I usually do, with a prayer. I'm going to invite you to place your hand on your heart. We're going to become heart-centered here. Take a breath of gratitude with me. We're so grateful right now that... We're centering in prayer. Prayer is so profoundly healing, deeply nourishing. We consciously partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self, knowing that we are not separate from the Holy Spirit. We are not separate from our divinity. We are eternally one. We invoke divine grace into our awareness, and we open our hearts and minds to be aligned with love, with truth, with peace, with harmony, forgetting any idea of lack or limitation whatsoever. And today we're focusing on self-forgiveness. So in this moment, we're placing on the holy altar fire of divine love anything that we've been holding against ourselves, any judgments, any blame, any shame, any regrets, we're consciously making a holy offering of them, saying we no longer need to drag them around with us. We no longer need to chain ourselves to the past. We're invoking the Holy Spirit right now, and we're accepting that freedom is our natural state. It is our nature to be liberated and free. Oh, so grateful and so thankful right now to open our hearts and minds to the highest possibility of our life, unbounded, unlimited love. This is our true identity, and we're grateful to share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone because we're one with them. We're taking everybody with us. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 <laughs> so that's that's Colin Tipping there. He's joining us this morning. And uh we're gonna start off with uh a quote from the course. And then we're gonna I'm gonna invite Colin to share with us. Colin Tipping is, as I'm sure most of you know, you forgiveness students. He's our forgiveness expert. He does such a beautiful job about helping us to forgive ourselves and forgive others and really understand the practical application of forgiveness because that's one of the things that is missing from a lot of Course in Miracles studies is how do we actually practically forgive? And so uh, Course of Miracles beats us over the head with got to forgive, got to forgive, got to forgive. And um, what I, I find a lot of spiritual seekers are in the position of is they're, they're standing there going, I know I need to forgive. I thought I forgave. And for some reason it didn't take. 
and I can't figure out why it doesn't stick. Why am I still so miserable if I forgave? And it's uh, it's a it's a really important question to get the answer to, <laughs> and that's what Colin's going to help us with today. So I, I want to start off with something that I think is really valuable to all of us, and that is we have to have clear motivation. We have to have clear motivation to do anything. And I say all the time, I don't get out of the, be- the bed in the morning without motivation. I don't make a cup of tea without motivation. We don't do anything without motivation. So many people are motivated by what for, for them feels unconscious. They don't really tune in to what is the motivation and choose their motivation. So that's one way of thinking of intention. So intention and motivation, line them up together and live a powerful life. So we're intending to remember our true identity. We're intending to liberate ourselves from every single thing that tethers us to the world of suffering. It is our destiny to be free. And the truth of the matter, of course, is that we're already free, but we think we're tethered by these uh, regrets and resentments and the shoulda, woulda, couldas and all the things that we think we're supposed to be doing, like um, having a great career and making lots of money and all of that. Uh, and it's time for us to forgive ourselves for thinking that we're a body and thinking that we're here to to do stuff when really we're here to just be ourselves, which is loving and kind and live in the inspired moment. So the uh, guidance I got uh, today for us to just start off with a quote from the course is, it's chapter 20, section 7, and I go back to this all the time. And for me, this is the key to joy. So joy is our natural state. When we are aligned with spirit, we are joyful. And this is our true identity. And, and I'll say, too, that uh, when my mom was dying and she was so sick and the, the conditions of her physical existence were really um, distressing, you know, it was, it was, it was, uh, there was a lot of uh, unpleasantness, a lot and um, what I noticed in that time of uh, many months caring for my mom and being with my dad, my parents, and they were grieving, and there was a lot of physical discomfort, all of this going on. It was a very stressful time physically, mentally, and emotionally for us. There was, for me, this through line of unconditional joy that my joy was unconditional because every single day that I was caring for my parents, I was in the full expression of unconditional love and they were fully receiving every bit of the love that I was expressing and vice versa. So even though there was all this turmoil, all this upset, there was this unconditional love and I realized that because I was in the flow of that, I could also feel the unconditional joy that is our natural state. It was a wonderful 
teaching for me that now I know joy is not conditional. It's not based on circumstances. And this is, this is the motivation for forgiving ourselves everything that we think we've done. Everything. So the quote from the Course is from Chapter 20, Section 7, and it's entitled, The Consistency of Means and Ends. It's on my page 439 in the text, Paragraph 1. We've said much about discrepancies of means and end, and how these must be brought in line before your holy relationship can bring you joy. And a little bit further down, it says, This course requires almost nothing of you. So we have to align with our divinity. We have to choose love in every moment. Now, the thing is, is love is our natural state. Love is our true identity. So what we're really doing is we're releasing the habit of choosing something other than love. And one of the primary tools that we have to live in that consistency of means and ends and, and knowing that our life and our choices, our thinking is aligned with the end result that we're interested in, the freedom, the joy, the prosperity, the wholeness. In order to align with that, we absolutely have to forgive everything and most particularly, we have to start with ourselves. Once we can really learn to forgive ourselves, forgiving others is often, it's a cakewalk. And very often, in wrapped in uh, the challenge of forgiving others is that we haven't forgiven ourselves. And that is the impediment to forgiving others, very often. And I know that Colin can help us break this down. So Colin Tipping, the author of Radical Forgiveness and other books, uh, and welcome, Colin. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> you know what, right at the top, because I know you have such wonderful tools and tips for everybody, and I love your game, your Satori, your for- forgiveness uh-huh. game. We'll talk about that. Um, what is your website? Let's give that to people right off the top and they can go and learn more. Okay, well, the, uh, the website that we've had for the, for the longest time now, <clears throat> excuse me, is RadicalForgiveness.com. But I'm just about to change all that and make it uh, to a new website called TheTippingMethod.com. <laughs> oh, so I love that. There's two of those, yeah. The, because we've, uh, you know, we've gone a little bit beyond um, just radical forgiveness. We've got lots of other strategies for conscious living in there. So I'm sort of rebranding a little bit. But radical forgiveness is still very much the centerpiece of, uh, of what I do. So, <clears throat> so that's where, th- those are the What's two the- websites. Um, the, the one, the tipping method one is still a work, work in progress. I'm doing some videos to put in there. But uh, it's, it's, it's there. So if people want to check out that one as well as, RadicalForgiveness.com, that would be lovely. Good, and I so, encourage people to go and do that because you have a lot of resources for people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the main thing about the work that I do is that we provide tools to, to do it um, because without those, it doesn't seem to work. If we try to do it mentally, it doesn't seem to work. So uh, th- that's the, really the, uh, the core technology of, of radical forgiveness and self-forgiveness is to, is to use worksheets and, and audio tools and other things like that, plus the game that you've already mentioned. But can I just pick up on what you were saying about love there? 
Um, yes. I have, a, I have a definition of love, a, a simple definition, and it says love is the acceptance of what is as is. So it really means, mm-hmm. you know, when, we, when we're doing any kind of forgiveness work, we're really doing that. We're accepting things the way they are and loving them just the way they are and seeing the perfection in them just the way they are. So love is accepting things as is um, without the need to change anything. Now, there was a book came out, I don't know when it was, about the late 80s called Conversations with JC. It's only a little tiny thing. There's nothing like miracles, of course, but... but um, Jesus uh, was supposed to have said through this channel that any time you want to change anything, you're out of alignment with spirit. So (laughs) that's always a challenge for people to to get their head around. But I think that's really the fundamental message that we're we're all trying to to give is just the acceptance of what is as is. And once we do that, then then it's free to shift and change in the way that it wants to. But our, res- our fear is our resistance to what is as is. So now, but the thing is, is to remember that in every moment, we have the choice about what we are going to be experiencing in the future. To some degree, you know, it's going to be affected by the choices that we're making now. So if we don't like what is right now, which we have to accept what is right now, uh, or live in misery, it's through that acceptance of what is we can recognize that we are powerful beings and all of our thoughts are producing the form of our life, the experience of our life. So just to give you a course quote, all thought produces form at some level. So if we don't like what we've got, it's time to wake up and be careful what thoughts we're choosing. Yeah, yeah. But first, it seems to me that you have to love what is before you can use your uh, thoughts to create what might be a different way of seeing it. Because it's, what is is our teacher right now. What was that again? Because what is is our teacher right now. Yes, exactly, exactly. All right, good. Well, I just thought I would add that so, a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. And so getting motivation to do the self-forgiveness work and finally shine the light of our intention onto what sometimes, you know, we, we can't even bear to look at because we're so yeah. disappointed in ourselves, angry at ourselves, uh, right. just afraid of our own past choices. What, how do we really get that strong motivation to say, okay, I'm rolling up the sleeves, I'm going to get her done? Well, I, I think that uh, people are, are really starting to search within themselves as to why they are suffering and what the misery is and, and starting to really explore their shadow. And that's, of course, where the projection game comes in in that uh, you know, when, we, when we see out there what it is that we've denied, repressed, and projected onto them, then we start to understand what our shadow really is, and then we can love that part of ourselves. Um, but that's not so easy. And uh, <clears throat> you know, we, need to, we need some help and we need some tools to create uh, to, to be able to do that and to, and to really love that part of us that we've rejected and, and repressed and then projected onto them. So... Self-forgiveness is a great deal to do with projection, as is, you know, as the course talks about. 
And one of the reasons that I was so um, reluctant, in a way, to write a book on self-forgiveness because the, you know, the Radical Forgiveness book came out in 97. And I've only just written yeah. the, the self-forgiveness book. And some people, why did you wait so long? And the answer to that was, well, I didn't think it was necessary because all forgiveness is self-forgiveness in a way. Because when we, yes. when we see out there what it is that we, what we hate, it's a reflection of what we hate in ourselves. And so when we, when we forgive out there, then we're really forgiving in here. But, you know, that didn't satisfy people. And when we talk about motivation, people were saying, yes, I know I can get that. I do get that. And I do radical forgiveness and I forgive others. But I still find it difficult to forgive myself. So in the end, mm -hmm. I thought, well, I guess I have to do, I have to address that, the, the motivation to, to go inside and really look at our shadow and to understand what self is from a human standpoint and also a spiritual standpoint. You know, I guess you would call it, you know, the human self, the ego. What is that and how does it work? And then, and then the spiritual self, how does that uh, help us to forgive ourselves? So what I, was, what I was faced with in the beginning was a bit of a conundrum in the sense that uh, if we're forgiving someone else, that's easy because you have a subject and object. You have, an op you have a forgiver and a forgiven. But when you come to forgive yourself, well... Who's, who's subject and who's object there? Um, so it was a bit of a conundrum as to how we approach self-forgiveness from a sort of a rational standpoint, if that was the case. If we're all trying to be judge, jury, and witness all in the same case, then how do we sort out this, uh, this whole thing about self-forgiveness? So it, the book then became a, a little bit of an exploration of the nature of self and, and how, how we have not one self, but a whole community of selves in there that we're appealing to. And that was the, that was the crux of the problem, really. To whom are we appealing when we ask for self-forgiveness? That was the question that I asked myself. And, and was that the reason for the difficulty that we were facing in trying to uh, make that work for us? So, well, this uh, is a... Go ahead. Well, it's time for us to take a break, Colin. So That's what we're I thought, gonna come yeah. back in just a couple minutes and explore even further with Colin Tipping, author of Radical Self Forgiveness. Thank you for tuning in for Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk. Here is your host, Reverend Jennifer Hadley. So we're talking about radical self-forgiveness with author Colin Tipping. He's our expert today. So let's pick up right where we left off, Colin. Okay. Yeah, I was talking about the, the, the conundrum that, that uh, mm -hmm. I came across, really, about the, the idea of, of self-forgiveness. The question being, to whom are we appealing to uh, for forgiveness? And I realized that uh, when we're appealing to our human self, then there's more than one self in there somewhere. There's a whole community of selves in there. And we, we are all sorts of different people at different times. But when it comes to self-forgiveness, the two parts of us that I identified as being the most difficult characters that we have to deal with within ourselves is the inner judge and the inner critical parent. 
And when we ask ourselves for forgiveness, when we make that appeal to our human selves, those two characters are the most powerful parts of our mind and they, they always say no when it comes to, <laughs> to doing this. And they say, no, you should, be, you should be guilty. You should have done this. And you, I always told you you were not a good person and so on. So all that self-talk that we, that we are so used to uh, that, uh, that makes self-forgiveness almost impossible comes from those two characters. We have other well, characters in there, but they don't, you know, they're not able to overcome these two characters. So you well, want to ask something? Yeah, I was just going to say, don't you think part of that is that if we forgive ourselves, let's say just basic things, like one of the things I ask people is I say, what do you think is more violent to do to yourself? To eat an entire bag of chocolate chip cookies to not allow yourself to eat one chocolate chip cookie or to berate yourself for eating any chocolate chip cookies, which is the more violent thing. And almost always people say, well, to berate myself is the most violent thing. Mm -hmm. And so we, we train ourselves. This is how we're going to keep ourselves in line. It's like, I call it the inner Nazi. You know, that's how we're going to keep ourselves from just running amok in our life. And yet it actually doesn't work at all. Yeah. Well, let me uh, let me say this too: that that uh, guilt is good because it gives us a it gives us a, a sense of conscience of, of what is right and wrong, and we have, we we test things out. We have what, what I call anticipatory guilt. Uh, if I do this, uh, if I eat all those chocolates, am I going to feel bad about it? And if I am, well, maybe I shouldn't eat the chocolates. Right. You know. So we so we have this sort of uh, inner compass that tells us how we can avoid suffering and so on. But when but to come back to, to the issue of, of radical self-forgiveness, what, what I decided was that it's, it's really a waste of effort to try to convince the mind that we can be forgiven because our, our mind seems to be programmed, as you said, you know, through society to make us feel guilty and to make us feel wrong most of the time and to berate ourselves for doing things that are pleasurable. Um, so... What I've done with the tools of radical self-forgiveness is to say, okay, let's leave the mind alone. Let's go straight to the spiritual self. And we ask our spiritual self or our higher self for forgiveness. And that's really where it, uh, that's where it happens because our spiritual self, of course, loves us unconditionally and will never say no uh, because it knows that whatever we do in this lifetime is all part of the divine plan anyway. And, and so it, it, automatically says yes and reduces the the energy of, of guilt almost immediately but we have to do we have to do this though using the tools of radical self-forgiveness because that those things somehow activate what i call my spiritual intelligence in a way yes. that it doesn't work if you try to do it through the mind the rational mind is not capable in my opinion of really doing the forgiveness work, you have to appeal to that other part of yourself that's totally connected with Holy Spirit, as you would put it. Um, I call it universal intelligence, but it's all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, that part of us, that spiritual intelligence part of us, uh, if we use the tools, seems to immediately take charge of the situation. And energy that, any energy that's attached to uh, a particular um, thing that we've done over which we feel guilty 
uh, is immediately dispersed. That's not to say that at the human level we're not entitled to feel guilty, because we might be, but that, but that hard, berating, uh, beating up type of energy that we are so used to in our self-talk seems to disappear almost immediately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which <laughs> is motivation for doing the work, doing the healing. Yeah, I mean, who who likes to be in this place of, of feeling guilty and, sh- and ashamed of who we are and low self-esteem? Who likes to be there? I mean, that's suffering. So I think once we once we become spiritually aware of of how, uh, you know, of the alternative to that, that suffering isn't necessarily what we need to go on doing all our lives, that we can transcend that suffering and move into joy, but we can't do it if we've got all this baggage hanging around that's pulling our energy down and pulling our vibration down to the point where where we can't be joyful and happy. It's impossible if we've got too much baggage that we're dragging through the mud behind us. One of the simple ways that I have trained my mind to become aware of it is I remind myself the attacker always feels attacked and the judger always feels judged and the lover always feels beloved. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. And the, the lover is the lover of what is as is. Exactly. Exactly. And don't you find that so often when we think we can't forgive someone else or it feels like it just isn't going away, we say we've forgiven, the upset seems to remain, we still feel tortured, that very often we haven't forgiven ourselves for the choices that we made that on a maybe on a non-conscious level we're blaming ourselves for having made. So for instance, someone who can't can't seem to forgive their attacker, their betrayer. They are not able to forgive themselves for placing themselves in the position where that could happen. Not that they yep. need to, they're blaming themselves and they haven't owned that yet. Yeah, yeah. One of the, one of the big traps I think that uh, that we can easily fall into when we're doing this spiritual work is uh, like I have a process which I call the four steps emergency process. There are four little quick steps to it. And you do it in your, in your head when something crops up or somebody's in front of you, you can't stand or something. So the first step is look what I created. That's to you know, take responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. Second step is to say I, I notice my feelings and my judgments, but I love myself anyway. And then the, the third step is to say, I'm willing to see the perfection in that situation. And then the fourth step is I choose peace. So that's a very quick tool that I teach people to, if they can commit those three steps, to, four steps to memory, that will really help them to do the forgiveness work. But here's the trap, and it's, it comes in the second one. It says, look what I created. And instead of loving the feelings, I say, look what I created, but what a terrible person I am for creating that. I must be such a bad spiritual person to have created this drama or whatever it is. So it takes them back into that place of, yeah, look what I created, but I'm just such a terrible person for doing it. And, and I always say it's worse than doing the forgiveness work. You might as well stay in, in <laughs> blaming everybody else than, than to fall into that trap because it... Uh, it 
it comes back and bites you really hard. It does. So really hard. People tell me, you know, I can forgive other people, but, uh, uh, you know, I can't forgive myself for creating that situation. And that's, I think, that's the point you were making, too. Well, and the actual forgiveness is, don't you think the the huge part of it is releasing the position of being the judger, being the one who stands in judgment of it? Yeah, but the, but the first thing is to recognize your judgment and say, that's the second step there. I notice my judgments and my feelings, but I love myself anyway. Because that's, mm-hmm. you know, as a human being, we're, we're made to have feelings and uh, we, we should feel them. We, we are given this beautiful body, which gives us the opportunity to feel our divinity, not just to know it, but to feel it at every moment. And, um, and that, can be, that can be expressed in many different ways as joy as well as anger and, and other feelings it really doesn't matter which feeling it is as long as we don't make them wrong and then we if we the moment we say i love myself anyway for feeling these feelings the feelings dissipate but if we judge them then they then they expand what you what you focus on expands yep and sometimes when that's really challenging it's helpful to say, okay, would I judge someone else for doing this? Would I hold them a prisoner of my judgment, or would I accept and forgive them? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, so, for instance, if, if I can't judge, if I'm judging myself for having declared bankruptcy, or having my house foreclosed. Because these things, people hold against themselves so intensely. But uh-huh. would they judge someone else for doing that? Right. Or would they say, well, you know, you did the best you could. You're learning like everybody else. These things happen. You didn't do it intentionally. Right, right. Well, it's, I, the spiritual step for me is to say, well, I'm willing to see the perfection in that. Even if you can't. Because... I think that most of this forgiveness work is a case of fake it till we make it. Right. <laughs> and you, you may say, I, I'm willing to see the perfection in this, but you may say it through clenched teeth. Yes. You know I mean? uh, saying, oh, God, but I am willing. And, and somehow when we do that, our spiritual intelligence picks it up mm-hmm. and and does the energetic thing. Because I feel that radical forgiveness anyway and radical self-forgiveness is an energy thing. When, when we do that, when we say, I'm willing to see the perfection in it, in other words, the hand of God, the hand of God is in there, then energetically, the energy that surrounds the situation that's causing all the pain and suffering dissipates. And with well, it goes yeah. all the thoughts attached to it. Exactly. And so Course in Miracles, as you well know, Colin, says our little willingness is all that's required. So that's what you're saying there is we have to be willing to see it correctly. Yes. We won't see it correctly until we're willing to see it correctly. We We won't have that willingness and we won't be able to see clearly until... We are willing to let go of the judgment because the judgment is, oh, I know how to see it, and I see it this way. We have to be willing to give up the way that we see it in order to see it correctly. 
yeah, to shift that perception. And that's, that's the whole thing, isn't it? And that's really what true forgiveness is. True forgiveness is being willing to see it the way we would see it through the eyes of divinity. Right. And in that sense, there's nothing to forgive. Because nothing Which, will happen. Yeah, and that's what A Course in Miracles teaches is true forgiveness is recognizing that there's nothing to forgive. And many Course in Miracles teachers really hit home the idea that there's nothing to forgive because this world is an illusion. I say that, yes, that's true, and there's nothing to forgive because everything is for our healing the mind that chooses to be separate. Right. So that's that's why there's nothing to forgive because there's a learning that we can harvest in everything and we cannot harvest it until we forgive. Right. So that's why your techniques and tools get us to that place of willingness, that place of non-judgment, that place of true forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it's easy to say those things like there's nothing to forgive, but when it comes right down to it, um, it's not always easy to hang out in that space. And so that's, that's why we develop some sort of practical tools that help people go to that space at the energetic level. And I always say, by the way, that you don't have to like someone to forgive them. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Including yourself. You don't have to like them, and you don't have to stay in their presence if they're toxic either. You know, if, if you've got somebody uh, who's beating you up every day, there's... It doesn't mean to say when you do the forgiveness work that you have to stay in that environment. You can do your forgiveness work from a distance because that that person may have a need to do that. But you can still love them, but don't put yourself in that position. So it's, you know, forgiveness is not about being a doormat. I'm glad you 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 brought that up, Colin. That's really important because that's a question I'm sure you get asked all the time. I get asked all the time yeah. where people ask, well, what do I do? Should I end this relationship? What should I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's an important question. And, and you do have to look at it from the point of view of, of, well, this person's in my life for a reason, that's for sure. But is is it uh is it first of all is it too much for me to handle and secondly mm-hmm. is has it come to the point where now that i've shifted my perception the reason to have this relationship is now over and i can move on and with thanks and with gratitude exactly and course in miracles invites us to offer the relationship to the holy spirit to universal intelligence i call it the higher holy spirit self uh, yeah. we, we make it an offering of the whole relationship, and then we can receive divine guidance of what to do. And I can honestly share, Colin, that I've had many relationship experiences where I made, I made that offering of the relationship, and I said, Holy Spirit, I'm going to let you guide and direct me, and here's what I'd like. I'd like an end to all suffering. I'd like an end to all arguing, the needing to be right, the judgment. I'd yeah. like an end to all of that. I have no idea how to end it. I'm just going to take this one moment at a time and do the best I can to receive your guidance so that we can both be free and then I've had on numerous occasions I've had that other person that I was having such a challenge with suddenly move or yeah, go out of town exactly. for three months we just get a break yeah. from each other absolutely and this this works as well, just as well in the business world by the way I've been doing quite a lot of this work in with corporations uh, you know when people 
people are in relationships at work which are not always easy, but they can't necessarily get out of just easily like that. So that happens all the time. When the forgiveness work is done, the people get promoted out of, out of their environment and so on. Uh, it's, it's amazing how it all works. So it's, it's all about prayer, really. Radical forgiveness is nothing more than a form of prayer. Yes. I just call it secular prayer. Instead right. of, you know, I don't make it too religious. It's a sort of a secular prayer where we're making an appeal to the, to the universal intelligence, whatever that happens to be. Oh, well, and that's a perfect place for us to take our break. And we'll be back in just a couple minutes with Colin Tipping, author of Radical Self-Forgiveness. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. The present moment is the point of action in my life, my opportunity to create my bliss. There is no need to ruminate on the past or daydream about the future when I can do something constructive with the now. Taking advantage of the present moment is like waking up in the morning I'm no longer in a dreamlike state. Instead, I'm fully awake and aware of what is before me. Why postpone the life I desire? Right here and right now, I can begin creating it. That may mean making a business plan, enrolling in school, or moving a relationship to the next level. Whatever my dreams, I can advance them in the present moment. Guided and supported by God, I live my best life now. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word digital magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Hello, Unity Online Radio. Yes, I was wanting to know if I can listen to Unity Online Radio on my smartphone. Actually, yes. iPhone and Android users can now listen live to Unity Online Radio with the Live 365 app. This is great news. How do I get the app? Getting the app is super easy. You'll need to download our broadcast partner's app, Live 365. iPhone users can go to iTunes to download the Live 365 app, Android users can go to the Android market. Once the app is downloaded onto your mobile device, search for Unity Online Radio. And voila, your favorite hosts, live on your phone. Wow, Unity Online Radio, on the go? How cool is that? To learn more, go to www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. You've been listening to Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day, in every way. Now, back to Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk. 
Also, I'd like to remind everyone to, when you go to the Facebook page and you sign in for, you like A Course in Miracles pledge at Facebook, uh, you'll see there you can actually download the pledge. It's a PDF document and you can print it out and so many people have told me that working with that simple pledge each and every day has been hugely healing, nourishing, and transforming for them. So that's totally free at the A Course in Miracles pledge at Facebook. You can download that. And there are also a bunch of videos there that you can watch, and I encourage you to check them out to deepen your practice. And speaking of deepening the practice, we're here still with... Colin Tipping, author of Radical Forgiveness and Radical Self-Forgiveness. And he gave us those four steps to make a habit of. And uh, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, I'm offering a class called Living a Course in Miracles. You can sign up for it. It's an eight-week teleclass. It's totally free, livingacourseofmiracles.com to sign up for it. And uh, Colin was one of the teachers in the last Living A Course in Miracles, you can still buy that, purchase that audio set and the transcript. And in the last Living A Course in Miracles class, Colin gave us those four steps. People started working with them right away. And we got a flood of emails from people all over the world who said, oh my God, that is so helpful. So Colin, will you give it to us one more time? I'm giving people a chance to grab a pen so they can write it down yeah. and, and use okay. it again and again. Well, uh, while they're grabbing a pen, I, I just... Uh, I just completed a course out in Switzerland for people in business, all of them entrepreneurs and business people, and I gave them a number of tools to use between the two. It was a three-weekend course, so between the first and second weekend, I said, try these tools out and let me know how they work. And when they came back to a man, they said, you know what, the most useful one was that four steps because mm-hmm. I didn't have to go and search for a worksheet. I didn't have to go search for my MP3 player. I could bring it straight to mind, and it worked immediately. So they were really uh, very uh, enthusiastic about these four steps and how useful they were in practical life and in business in particular. So if people have got their pens now ready, uh, the, <laughs> first step, <laughs> the first step is, oh, look what I have created. And that's... Uh, uh, you know, that's the part where we take responsibility for having created this circumstances uh, for our healing. For some reason, we don't necessarily know what the reason is, but that's it's we've self-created or co-created this situation with another person or with spirit or both. And, uh, and so we're really accepting the fact that, uh, we're, that we're creating our reality moment by moment through our perception of how things look. Second step... I noticed my judgments and my feelings, but I loved myself anyway, having them. I'm giving them time to write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I, as you're writing, I'll just mention that I, I have my own process that's very similar, and I encourage you when you do this, breathe deeply, put your hand on your heart, and you can do all of this silently in the middle of a meeting in the on the you're riding the bus you're standing in line at the store at the bank and 
you've got your hand on your heart, you're breathing deeply, and you're doing your practice, and right there in that moment, you are a healing presence. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the thing that I always stress is don't shut down those feelings. Let them be there, but you may have to delay, delay the expression of them. <laughs> if you're in a meeting, you don't want to create a whole scene. But be aware of your feelings and what's going on in your body and aware of the judgments. But again, love yourself anyway. Mm-hmm. Notice my feelings and judgments, but I love myself anyway. Third step, I am willing to see the perfection in this situation. And again, you know, we stress the willingness is all that's required. Belief is not required. We only have to be willing to be open to the idea that there was perfection in this situation and what is happening is not happening to us, it's happening for us. And then the fourth step, which is simply a consequence of the other three, is to I choose peace. And that's it. That will collapse the energy field pretty quickly. You might have to say it three or four times in your own mind, but uh, it, it it's a very powerful process. We have the other tools as well, the, the more uh, reflective um, situations where you're looking back at the past where you need to do a worksheet or listen to the 13 steps on a CD or MP3 player. Um, but the four steps is the one that will stop you going back into victim land. Beautiful. And here's the thing. We don't have to rely on our own abilities anymore. We rely on the proven techniques that work, and this works. So I invite you to work with it. It's so important to get into a habit with the forgiveness. So you can do it. Write it down. Maybe put it on a 3 by 5 card and begin working with it. You're going to see how quickly, how quickly in one day, you can totally begin to see the difference in your life. You will be amazed. And uh, I, uh, I encourage everyone to do this. You partner up first. You partner up with the Holy Spirit first. And we're going to uh, be praying out here in just a couple of minutes, and we'll be partnering up then. And uh, I'd like to thank Colin for being with us this week and always being a, co- a, a constant resource of how to get into the nooks and crannies where the rubber meets the road and walking our talk, truly living a course in miracles. You, your work has been so valuable and people have done so much healing with it over the years. So thank you, Colin. Well, thank you for making it available to your people. Yeah, and I'm, I know we'll do another living a course in miracles together next year. At least I hope so. I expect so. And uh, I, I do want to let people know that we're in the middle of Living a Course in Miracles, the eight-week teleclass that's totally free. And this week, our topic is Walking the Talk, so it aligns perfectly. And you can listen to that class totally for free online, on the phone. We have 48 hours to listen to the replays. I also would like to let everyone know that I offer a seven-week spiritual boot camp class called Finding Freedom, and it starts tomorrow. One of the things I'm doing today is I'm doing a free preview call, and you can get all the information for that at jenniferhadley.com. 
on the Finding Freedom page. Now, this preview call that I'm doing today, you'll be able to download it later. You'll be able to call in and listen to it today or later. And you can also Skype in. You can listen from anywhere in the world. And I'm going to share with you in this Finding Freedom preview call the details of my seven-week spiritual boot camp class. This spiritual boot camp class is really about getting these clear practices and applying them. This is the thing that I have found was so challenging for me, so challenging for so many spiritual seekers, is they read all these books, they take all these classes, they gather all this information, and somehow they never get to the place where they actually apply it. And or they apply it a little bit for a little while and then they forget and they fall away. So that's why I created this spiritual boot camp class called Finding Freedom. And you can learn about it at jenniferhadley.com. It begins tomorrow. It's a seven-week class. And this class is, I actually have a money-back guarantee. So when was the last time you took a spiritual class where you got a money-back guarantee? But the reason I offer that is because... I've had so many people take it over the years and it profoundly changes their life when they begin using these practices. Right from the get-go, people have amazing insights and ahas and they begin taking the steps and making the commitments to literally change their life and be the healing presence in their own life. It's completely doable. And by working together in this partnership in the class... We get her done. We get her done together. It works, and you can take the class over and over again, which is what many people do. And then they are so anchored in these practices, they they know that their life is never going to fall back into misery and complaining. So join me on the preview call today. The class starts tomorrow. The preview call is free. JenniferHadley.com, Finding Freedom. So now let's... Let's anchor back into our heart, placing our hand on our heart and taking a breath of gratitude. We're opening ourselves for a healing right now, cultivating that willingness, the willingness to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self, with universal intelligence, and we're not going it alone anymore. We're releasing the habits of suffering. <clears throat> And stepping into the unbounded place of true freedom, true love, unconditional, unprecedented joy. This is our natural state. We're accepting it. We're allowing it. And we're sharing the benefits with everyone, taking everyone with us because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we joyfully let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you, everybody. I'm Reverend Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk on Unity Online Radio. Have a great week. See you next week.